The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Shall we pray together? God, your calling upon our lives is entire sanctification or perfection. Help us. Help us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We must always give thanks for you. Paul, the former pastor, wrote back to his church and said, we must always give thanks to God for you. And ever since it was made public that we were appointed to move to Beaumont and to walk alongside you in life and ministry, every former with whom I have spoken echoes that. They don't echo it. They say it loudly and proudly. All of our formers give thanks to God for you. Former pastors. I even know some former church members that live in Brenham, Texas, who still give thanks to God for you and the role that you have played in their lives. I even know someone who is not a former pastor, but a former member who became a pastor who always asks about you. He's a pastor up in East Texas. His name's Matt. He always asks me. He always asks Pastor Alicia, how's, how's my church doing? You all have impacted the lives of many who have walked alongside you, and they continue to give thanks for you. That's what Paul is writing back to the church in Thessalonica to remind them to live, to continue to live, so that people give thanks for you. Do you know people that you just can't wait to be around? Do you know people that, that once you've been around them and you go on about your day, your life is changed for the better? That's how Paul is encouraging us to live so that people will be thankful. I mean, this is what, this is, I'm, not going to call anybody out, but some of us among here will look at me at the end of a day and say, you know, I'm so glad you got to see me today. <laughs> I'm a, wait, what? <laughs> and, 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 and usually they're right. I am glad that I got to see them today. But, but we're supposed to live so that when we encounter people and then we go our separate ways, we have added value to the lives of those we encounter. Stopped by the grocery store this morning for some necessities that I ran out of yesterday and for a cup of coffee. And I went through the self-checkout line. But at the coffee bar, I talked with a young woman and she said, isn't it a beautiful day? Isn't it? And, and she made the coffee just right. And, and she told me, 
I hope you have the best day ever. What else can I do having encountered this young woman making coffee for me when she could have been here with you? Can I have anything less than the best day ever because of her greeting and her, her, her wish for me? I better not. That's right. I better take that to heart and live in a manner that is grateful for her presence in my life. Will I see her again? I might. I go to that store often. I get coffee there sometimes. I might not. Does that matter? No, we've encountered each other, and we've tried to add value to each other's lives to be thankful for one another as we move on. So, so Paul then says, chosen by God as the first fruits of salvation. In that context, it meant that they were some of the first followers of Christ among the Gentile world. You remember that, that Christ's initial mission and ministry was among Judaism and the family of faith, and, and, and that it leaned toward and expanded to, and Paul particularly was called to carry the message to the rest of the world. When we go back to Isaiah, we see that that was God's intent always. So when, when Paul names the church in Thessalonica as, as first fruits, he's naming them as those who came to faith early. What does that mean for us? Well, this week as I was working with my monk manual that I remember changing habits is hard to do. Be kind to yourself. I'm still trying to change habits, and I missed a few days in there. But, but as, as I was working with that this week, I thought about this morning's message and the word first fruits. And, and my journaling and my reading challenged me to capture and hold captive my first response. So something happens that wasn't expected. What is my first response? Capture it, hold it, evaluate it before it gets out of my mouth like Holly teaches third graders and me. Is my first response, oh, this is one more thing? Or is my first response, what an opportunity that we didn't expect would happen today? I grew up in a home that was more one more thing than an unexpected opportunity. And even at 53 and a half or more, I'm still trying to outlive that and live beyond that. I work at it. Some days I, I work better at it than others. Some days I don't. But what does it mean to capture our first thought, our first response, and hold it, evaluate it, before we live into that action. For me, it's changing me from the inside to the out. I tell you, towards the weekend, I was in a better place than I was earlier in the week because of that work. Now, I'm not there, I'm not there yet. <laughs> if you step on my big toe, um, I might not be able to capture my first response. <laughs> but I'll, I'll try. I'll try. So Paul says your first fruits by sanctification in the Spirit. You've heard me read this quote before from John Wesley, and 
if I could paint it on our walls without getting in trouble with the trustees, I would, but I, I can't, so I won't. I'll just keep mentioning it time and time again. By salvation, I mean the, uh, a present deliverance from sin. Right now, I'm not sinning. A restoration of the soul to its primitive health, its original purity. Its original purity. Not just as a newborn body, mind, and soul, but the very beginning of creation when God said, let us make humanity in our image. Oh, that's what Wesley goes to next. A recovery of the divine nature, the renewal of our souls after the image of God. In, 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 in the last week of Jesus' time, between the triumphal entry and the Last Supper, he was teaching in the temple, and, and some folks came to him with, with, with a question about paying taxes, and they said, is it legal to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Remember what Jesus said? Show me, show me the coin. Show me the coin. And, and somebody showed him a coin, and they, he said, whose image and inscription is on there? Caesar's, yeah. So I look at my quarter, there's Washington, United States of America. What Jesus was referring to was not the coin, but what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures. Because in Genesis, God said, let us make humanity in our image. And in Jeremiah, God spoke through the prophet to the people and says, I will inscribe my law upon their hearts. They shall be my people, and I shall be their God. No longer shall they have to teach anybody know the Lord, because everybody will know God. That's my rough paraphrase, Jeremiah 33. So when Jesus said, whose image? All the religious folk went, oh, we're created in God's image. And then when Jesus said, whose inscription, whose writing? They went, oh, God's law is inscribed on our hearts. Guess what happened? They dropped the case because they knew they'd been bested. They knew that they had been reminded to live beyond where they were, to live above what they were, to live into the promise that God brings to us. Then Wesley, about salvation, says, true religion is the loving of God with all our heart and our neighbor as ourselves, and in that love, abstaining from all evil and doing all possible good to all persons. So if we, if we live that love of God and of neighbor, we abstain from evil, and we do all possible good, will we not live in a way that people will be thankful that we got to see each other today? So, so then Paul says, belief in the truth, the good news of Jesus Christ, that you are called to a purpose to obtain the glory of Christ. So stand firm in what we have taught you. Stand firm in our practices. As followers of Christ in the Wesleyan tradition, we practice three simple rules. Do no harm. Do all possible 
attend the ordinances of God. You, you all make my day. You're the first congregation I've served that can name those out loud in the middle of worship. And I want to do a happy dance up here every time we get to cover that. None of this. <laughs> I know if it happens in my brain, it does not need to be expressed out loud. I, she asked for it. The other things that we do are the means of grace. We pray, we study scripture, we worship and celebrate at the table, we tithe, and we abstain from something by fasting and praying, either food or other activities, so that, so that our hearts and our minds can be attentive to God's work in our lives. Those are the five means of grace things that we inherited from Wesley. And, and, and then Paul prays for us and, and says this, Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and through his grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, comfort your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word. That means that the things that we think, comforting our hearts, the things that we say, our words, and the things that we do, our work, are directed and driven by God so that we might bring glory to Christ and in bringing glory to Christ, show others Jesus. As we cultivate an attitude of gratitude this, this month, which is our practice in November. It, it, it is, as Stephanie said with our youngest, living in a place of contentment, understanding that we have likely more than we need, and sharing out of God's provision for those who don't yet have all they need so that God's name may be glorified, people may see and experience God's grace and peace and love in us so that people might come to faith in Christ. And our first fruits, our first fruits ought to be praise and thanksgiving. Our first fruits ought to be gentleness and kindness. Our first fruits ought to be gratitude and peacefulness in all that we do in all that we are, in all whom we may become. Let's pray together. God, we give you thanks that your provision is more abundant than we can imagine and that your very spirit dwells within us and breathes us to life. Take our lives in this moment and on this day and every day that we may be your breath of life for this world.
capture our thoughts and our words and our actions that they might be in the middle of your will so that we might indeed do your good work and speak your good world this day. We pray this through Christ our Lord and all God's people said, Amen. If you're here this morning and you would come forward to profess your faith in Christ or to unite with our congregation by transfer of your letter, by profession of your faith, uh, if you would like to seek counsel regarding Christian baptism, I invite you to come forward as we stand as we are able to sing, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.